Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and I present to you episode 111 of the... Shoot that shit. Don't worry. Shit the shit. You'll get the shit. I believe this shit. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and I am back with Arnold Cueto. This is going to be STS Podcast episode 111. We're back for the second edition of Doing the Job. Cueto, what's up, my brother? How's it going, man? Man, just enjoying this Sunday afternoon. A lot of football games going on right now. Classic original weekend, I think. Oh, man, a lot of crazy fans out there right now, I'll tell you that. Dude, they're, man, they're heartbroken right now. A lot of heartbreaks this week. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Tom Brady fans crying, huh? <laughs> oh, hey, man, he had a great run. He really did. I can't tell I mean, as much, as much grief as he gets, he really can't sneeze at what he did, man. Definitely, man. 45 years old. Let's see what happens with Aaron Rodgers now. Um, Josh Allen just got bounced out, but man, what a game that was, dude. Hmm. What I think it was 25 points in two minutes. Like, what the hell is that? That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. But here, man, doing the job, man. I think the first um, episode was really well received. What did you think? You know, I, I, again, I don't know. I'm not hip to the world of podcasting. I just kind of do this as you know, two guys talking about something they like and, and trying to approach it from the level of, of one guy who, who loves this business to another guy, you know? Definitely, man. I think you went well, bro. And um, this is probably one of our favorite weeks of the year. It's Royal <laughs> Week. Uh, I've been watching a lot of old, I just, man, dude, um, just, just relaxing this week. I think I watched 92 to 95. Claire. Okay. Man, that was, those three years, you can see the change of the shift of the business. That was Flair Hart and then Michaels, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I was telling my brother, you know, when Rick Flair said, with a tear in my eye, <laughs> what a great promo. We could start there. What? And just the story that Bobby the Brain, he and Gorilla were telling during that, um, during that run that Flair was having, just counting the minutes he was in. And the you know him and Piper were going. Everybody was aiming for Flair on that one. Um, they really told a great story of what he overcame. And if you don't like him, you gotta respect him. It was great. Well, I mean, just the layers to that match too. I mean, we forget that that was you know, uh, you know, there was the Flair and the and the and and you know his story, his drive to you know become cha- coming over from uh, the NWA, the WCW later. Uh, and becoming champ over there, but you know, let's not forget the Hogan and Sid uh, Justice at the time yeah. uh, feud that started that kicked off there too. You know, um, amazing, dude. It, yeah. And uh, you know, I believe uh, Mr. Perfect was highly involved in that Ric Flair angle as well. Definitely, man. And just just seeing, you know, I, I was telling bro, you could tell a lot of that was on the fly, but it was so perfect when. Gene Oakland says, put that cigarette out. <laughs> yeah. You know, we hate to be that, but we told you so. Like, that was the ultimate heel. But like they said, this is my time now. And it was amazing to see that, man. I forgot all about that. It's been so long since I watched that. I think that was the first one, too, that we that they really started using the Rumble to kind of, like, forward storylines and things like that and uh, showcase possibly younger talent who might be up in Chrome. Because I think... If I'm not mistaken, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, who went on to win the next two Rumbles, uh, they were mid-carters at the time, but they ended up having decent runs and uh, and long uh, stays in that Rumble in particular. And, you it's know, sad. and It's sad, man. Most of those guys are no longer with us anymore. So it was just crazy to see, dude. It was like, man, I mean, even Piper was in there. Snooker was in there. So many guys were no longer in the business or no longer on earth. It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. I'm always amazed too by uh because that's kind of the last year of the of the when WWE was the land of the Giants, you know, and you had uh you know six six seven, six eight uh guys walking around like Hogan, Sid, you know, Taker was in there. Uh, obviously he was he would have a long time in there, but like guys like the Warlord, uh, you know, just Earth monster Earth yeah. Earth there, dude. Big old man, big old roided out boy for sure. <laughs> and just you know those guys that are just kind of like more muscle than 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 athletic, but still it was just you know to see all those guys in the ring is still at that point. Definitely, man. It's great. It was a great um, talent pool they had for sure. 
And I think we should stick with WWE, man. What um we have some stories to talk about today with uh doing the job. What is the what's the biggest storyline you think right now going to the Royal Rumble weekend? Man, I there, so obviously this is the first rumble I can remember like in a while that has been kind of uh dwarfed by their main events, man. Because yeah. uh you know, I remember I think couple years back john cena and aj styles told a really good story going into royal rumble main event mm -hmm. and uh, i think that was probably the only time where i felt the uh the main event was on par with the actual 30-man rumble mm -hmm. uh but this year man they've had a really good job of not only i mean we talked on the last episode about brock and uh and bobby and kind of the lead up they're doing to that which i still think is phenomenal right? um whatever they're they're feeding me with this storyline man i'm just eating it up it's awesome i i can't get enough of what they're doing and then tomorrow what they're supposed to do with the uh the mma style way and stuff like that oh that's what I, both you know. is. yes yes that's gonna be awesome <laughs> rear retrospective they had for both of those guys it's crazy how there's they have similar paths different ways of doing it but just the mma background the wrestling background you know they're studs and they never cross paths and they're gonna cross paths on saturday i think that's right the biggest story um and we talked about last week it was really just the way the way they went about the storyline was kind of out of thin air, mm -hmm. so I think it fell perfectly in their hands. Something that Vince loves to do, man, he loves to take storylines. They just land in his hand, dude. He stays relevant. It's awesome. <laughs> but uh, the, to the other uh, uh, side of that, you know, Roman Reigns and Seth, man, here's awesome. a match that we've seen three or four times, but they are giving us a whole new perspective on it. The the take now with uh, I, you know, I, I I I'm assuming Rollins is making a, a face turn now. It seems like. Uh, he, without necessarily doing anything face-like other than just attack Roman, who's who's supposed to be the heel. Um, but the promos that they've been going on after each other, you know, you know, the the behind the scenes kind of you know names are dropping and stuff like that. You know, that was awesome. uh, Seth dropped uh, Mox's name the other night on SmackDown, and and it just and it was just kind of one of those oh you know. As, as going on against Roman too, a big main event match for the title. Yeah, you know, it's not a lot of people. A lot of people assume that Roman Roman kind of dominates the X Shield guys, but man, uh, Seth has kind of been the guy whose name has been the 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 go to since uh, those two guys always go at each other. Definitely, man. People really, I think people really sleep on Seth Rollins when you need someone when he's healthy. <laughs> definitely a star. We were talking about that yeah. in main event video. I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to that belt too. I think that's going to be a good. Um, I think Roman comes down on top, but I think it's going to be a good story. They're going to be able to tell the ring also. Yeah, I think with those two, it's kind of like uh, I think. I think Rock had a promo against Steve Austin back in the day where he used to kind of say the, the the book of of us is is written in infinite chapters, mm -hmm. and I think that's a, uh, that's a uh, Seth and Roman man. They're always going to have. There's always going to be something there where they're there, you know, with each other against each other, you know. Over the you know, both those guys, I believe, are mid to late 30s, and I think I can see them guys see those guys going for a while longer. And I'm sure we're going to see a great match out of them coming up and just more more things from them to come down the road. It's beautiful how they did the build up to the, the deal they had. You know, if if I win, Usos can't be ringside, <laughs> and Roman's like, Well, if I win, give up your shot. And I think that was excellent storytelling, dude. I watched that today too. That was that was beautiful. I like the way they did that. You know, it was one of those things, too, and I kind of wish they would have played more into Kevin Owens' role in that, because, I mean, mm -hmm. that Kevin Owens, um, Roman Reigns feud that went on for a while there, too, was really, uh, uh, I think, one of the key feuds that kind of kicked off Roman's title run that he's got that he's on right now. Definitely. Kevin Owens, is, I think he's underrated, man, and believe it or not. He does a lot of crazy, for his guy his size, he does a lot of crazy bumps, a lot of athletic moves in the ring. Um, I love him using the stunner. I was kind of against it in the beginning, but... It has to be passed on to somebody <laughs> who better than him. He does really represent the uh, that kind of stone cold, you know, go against the green mentality that you know that he really tried to instill in his character. And I think Kevin does that really well, um, just by not, you know, he, he's at one. He's entertaining too. He can put on a great match. He's not going to be the, uh, you know, the the Mister Bodybuilder type kind of guy that you're going to see typically. But uh, the fact that he's able to basically check off all the other things that us as fans want to see out of a, out of performer and still kind of make us want more from them is, is really a credit to uh, Kevin's talent and what he's able to do.
Definitely. To add to that, too, he was the first wrestler. That's another topic we have for Damian Priest. He's the first wrestler to pin him this week. That's what I was really shocked about. I love the way they built Damian um, since NXT. I always thought he had the look. He had it. Um, he moves really well. I like his um, image. I like the way his moveset is. He's taking serious. He takes his role seriously. I've always been a fan of Priest. And I think we talked about when they came to Bakersfield for the house show. He was one of the guys that was over. The people loved him. And he had a great, well, he's having a great run right now. Man, they really invested into Damian Priest on come bringing him up from NXT. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of, you know, they always say those NXT guys when they come up, they, they kind of either peter out or whatever. But, like, they really uh, did a good job with, with Damian and, you know, putting him early in that bad bunny angle and kind of give him high-profile spots. And, you know, he's been very well protected in the business as far as, like, you know, who gets to go over on him and things like that. And I was really surprised how how long he went, um, you know, without taking a, a pin and, and for, you know, for Kevin Owens to kind of still be in that spot. I'm glad that the, that that management still recognizes him as, hey, this guy's still a player, you know, which, you know, we'll talk about it here. But this has been a week where, when we've really seen some guys who who kind of just Management just really told us where they stand with them right this yes, this week, yes. and we were we were joking like he signed that extension. He's gonna get <laughs> now, and that's what and we see it now. He's in he's in the mix with Roman and the Usos. Now he's in the mix with Damian Priest getting that big win. Uh, but Damian Priest is someone I'm really looking forward to. I know he's a, he's a little up in age too, but aren't they all? And I think it'll be a, I think he's gonna have a good run. Maybe I'm I'm looking forward to see what they do with the rumble. Maybe you'll have a you have a good run in that match for sure. Oh, I definitely anticipate that. I mean, Damien's a good a guy who, uh, you know, it, it's funny. He kind of plays that role of like, he he really can work anywhere from like the big man match because he's you know he's he's a guy who could pull off a choke slam and it look believable, or he can do you know moves off the top rope and still kind of you know doing with a with the hint of like you know uh, cruiserweight flair a little bit. You know, he he's not you know, the most agile guy, he's not the most strongest guy, but he's that guy who can kind of fill in all those levels. And he believes in what he's doing. That's what I love about him. Everything he says, he believes in himself. It's like he's not playing the role of a wrestler. He's playing himself. Very quiet kind of uh, confidence to him, which really kind of builds that character for him too. So that's the kind of face I think like, like uh, fans typically want is someone that kind of like, you know, you can tell they're confident, but they're not beating you over the head with it. Definitely. And people forget too, man, that bad bunny run, Bad Bunny's the biggest artist in the world right now. That was yeah. a great rub for him. And um, man, we can go into, we went to that another day, but that bad bunny run was unique too. So to have him rub against him, uh, give the rub to him, that, I think that put him on a great, great platform for wrestling fans, for sure. I, I credit to Bad Bunny for actually taking the, the craft serious, man, and not just kind of sh showing up. And That Canadian story was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope Johnny Knoxville takes note, right? Yeah, dude, man, that's another thing. <laughs> definitely talk about that when we talk about the Rumble. I think uh, we're going to have some interesting, surprising entrance, too, man. Yeah, I think what's been surprising, I was really interested in the Alpha Academy. I think I know that's something we wanted to talk about. I don't think they get enough shine at all as individuals, but as a team, it's nice to see them get a little bit, get a couple of segments in on Raw. Chad Gable was funny this week. I think uh, his personality has been showing. That's what I loved about Raw this week was they were, it was kind of corny, but it was really showing his personality. And the story of him and Otis being best friends since the jump, I had no idea. It's really cool to see them being tag team champs and uh, displaying that for sure. And Chad Gable's a guy who really, uh, you know, you, you can't say enough good things about what he's what he's done. He, I mean, he had to eat it with that shorty G, G gimmick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but there's a, there's a guy who has consistently delivered. He's never been, you know, off on a night. He's He's – one of the most criminally underrated, like mad guy, like I mean, when Kurt Angle was singing this guy's praises and the things that he can do in the ring, um, and just the fact that he's made make that transition from, uh, you know, uh, high level amateur to to the pro wrestling style, and yeah. you know, to bring a credibility to him, even despite his lack of height or whatever, you know, like, yeah. you know, when that guy does the roll through uh, suplex, man, that's like one of the most impressive things I've, I see, yeah. and then to team him with a guy like Otis, man, who. Oh, this is, you can always, like you can always tell like WWE had a plan for him, 
And, uh, you know, they kind of had him be like the goofy guy in the, in the, you know, the heavy machinery and stuff like that. And, you know, people kind of loved his funny kind of, you know, big guy energy and stuff like that. But then when they kind of said like, no, man, this guy's like a monster. We can really, you know, Otis can rip somebody's arms off if you really wanted to. Like, let's play into that. And the fact that, you know, both these guys are kind of taking it serious, but now they still can sh- showcase that other side of who they were before they came into the ring. I mean, that's awesome. I think people um, should really look at Chad Gable. He, I could see him doing matches with Guerreros, Benoit's, Jericho's, those type of workers. He is in that class. I know he's um, still relatively new to a lot of people, but if you see what him and um, who was his partner in NXT was, it was um, Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. Those two against FTR and NXT man were awesome matches. Mm-hmm. And just to see his athletic ability, he's a natural. He's a real athlete. He's like you say, he's a wrestler. Um, he's a great worker. Doesn't take any nights off. I think Chad Gable is one of the most underrated superstars they have in WWE. So to see him just get a segment where he could show that personality, I'm all for it. I hope it just yeah. goes from here for sure. Definitely. Again, uh, you know, guys like that, like you know, who come from legit worlds. Uh, Chad Gable, Matt Riddle, uh, you know, you you look at those guys and you always think like, you know, they could easily kind of go in there and try to be, you know, little Brock Lesnar, you know, Ken Shamrock, what he was, you know, like, but they, they kind of decided like, no, I'm going to go kind of my own route and be a, be a, have a personality to be behind this character besides having the, this athletic skill set that in my pocket. Yeah. Definitely. I'm looking for, I hope they have a good run. They need, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. With um, a good run who might come to an end, I know Mustafa Ali just asked for his release. And, dude, I can't say I blame the man. Uh, I know he's. they gave him a couple of shots, too. They We got to give him credit with WWE. They gave him a couple of shots for retribution to be the leader of that group. It looks like he's finally um, done it publicly. He asked for his release. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's a lot of guys in the WWE. I think there's, you know, you're, you're in the WWE for one or two reasons. You're either going to... Uh, you know, be, you're going to work with what they give you and try to prove to be you're the best that you can. Mm-hmm. I think I look at a guy like, I was, I was thinking about this the other night, um, like a Mad Cat Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy who I think, you know, he can easily do a litany of things that the, that the W gives him, but, you know, the game is kind of this corny, kind of side, side uh, shtick man gimmick to uh, Baron Corbin. And, uh, you know, he's rolling with it. He's trying to make the best that he can out of it, you know. Um, I think someone like that, he's just going to write, kind of write this out, see where it goes and then wait for his opportunities. And then on the other hand, you have the guys that are like, no, like I'm not going to sit back and wait and take what they give me. I'm going to be my guy. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a say in my character and what he does. And I think that's what Mustafa's really doing. And I can't fault the guy for that, man. I think there's a, there's a ton of talent. He has a, a litany of great ideas that he was always trying to kind of throw uh, up management's way and either if it worked for him, it didn't, you know, uh, Unfortunately, you know, he's, he's, he got into it with the one guy in the, in the business that you really can't, you know, get into it with and can walk away from uh, on top. And that's going to be Vince, man. Vince is always going to kind of have the ultimate say in your contract, right? And I think I read this morning they were, uh, they're starting the free Mustafa uh, uh, campaigns online. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think when, he is a legit athlete also. He, do, he does a lot of great things in the ring. I always mm-hmm. thought he had a type of charisma that gravitates towards you. And I think they give him some shots to him. I think a lot of things didn't really resonate with the fans, but I respect Ali in the ring. And I think every wrestler should have a say in what they want to do in their creative. And I really want to see him do well. And I, I it sucks that it can't be WWE. Why not the biggest platform, right? Right. So another I think, I think Mustafa's going to be a guy in five years who's going to be doing stuff that we're going to like, man, where did that come from? You know, kind of been like, he's probably been sitting on this since, you know, now. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So that's, but then again, like, dude, is the grass really green on the other side? Like, where do you fit in with Impact, with AEW? That, that, that lake is full right now. There's plenty of things <laughs> to see right now with these guys. And it's just disappointing, you know, and just, I, and just to see these guys who love their crap and they feel like they're in, they're in chains right now with this with this WWE system that's going on. I really hope that it does work out, man. I really love Mustafa Ali. I love everything that uh, they put him in so far. Great, great character, dude. I think he's um he reminds he reminds us so much like Hoover Two Guerrero and things like that. Like I, that's why I, I love watching him. He reminds of the old WCW stuff, dude. I I honestly think with Mustafa, man, he he's kind of similar. He wrestles similar styles of those guys you were talking about, but I can see his personality mentally like. 
and maybe not necessarily uh, with the same type of gimmicks, but the outside of the box thinking for his gimmick, mm-hmm. similar to like a Matt Hardy, you know, when he went with the broken character and stuff like that. I think, I think if, you know, you, like I said, like when Matt left the WWE and was able to kind of do that stuff and, you know, all the buzz that he created around himself, like, you know, let allow himself to explore that character and that kind of thing. I think Mustafa is probably going to be doing something on that level in, in a few years if he ever gets, gets granted that release and, you know, is allowed to do what things that he wants to do. How do you feel about him doing it publicly? Is that, you think that's a bad rub on him or is that unprofessional? I know a lot of people said that's not the way to get out of your contract. They're not going to ever release you doing it publicly. Huh? I mean, maybe he's just, I mean, we don't really know the situation. Maybe he's just the guy just feels like he's stuck, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he probably tried to do it the, you know, the, the business way and, and, you know, work his way out and try to maybe have it out with the boss and, you know, I don't know how, again, I've never met Vince. I don't know Vince. All I hear is these crazy off the wall stories about Vince. So, um, you know, so maybe, maybe this is the, well, the one thing he felt like he can kind of fight back with is get public opinion behind his side or whatever. Definitely. And I know public opinion was really, really running rampant this week because we got the debut of Gunther on (laughs) And man, talk about, man, they came out this week. And Twitter, Twitter, I was like, wrestling Twitter was running rampant, free Walter because they got Gunther. You know, and a lot of people don't. I'm sure they do. They watch it, but Walter has been one of the most believable characters they produced in WWE in quite some time. Everything looks legit. The man is a as a truck. He's a workhorse, and I love Walter. Walter, and they do this we do it, and they changed his name. Um, not the first time they've done this in WWE history. We know that, but I think they were really shocked, uh, shocked with the whole Gunther, Gunther Stark trademark that was um, rumored to be, um, how do I say, submitted this week. So mm-hmm. what do you, what's, what's your thoughts on the big name change for Walter Gunther? Man, it was one of those things, uh, I, I, you know, I read a couple of weeks back that Walter is coming back from going from NXT UK to again, coming over to the States. And I thought, well, and I know, there's always been that kind of like he's always been kind of one of those guys that everybody wants to see you know wrestle the the main the main card i think he had that little uh appearance in survivor series a few years back and everybody was really impressed with not only the way he conducted himself in the ring but just like his presence uh compared to guys like uh like a drew mcintyre or bobby lashley you know good size you know guys that we think of as in the tough guys in the business but walter was able to stare those guys down and back those guys down just as bad as anybody um so we had a lot of hype coming into the States. The fact that, the fact that not that he goes from the, the old NXT product in the UK to the current NXT product, and they felt the need to change his name. Like that one, it really didn't stick with me. I had, a, I mean, I, I didn't catch it live. I had a friend text me like, like apparently uh, WWE naming their characters after retired Nazis. And I was like, what? And, and I, and, and I was thinking, like, did they, in my in my mind, my first assumption was like, did they change like Von Wagner or something like that? You know, like That's somebody like that who's like not necessarily an established commodity. And then like he sent, he showed me a uh, a picture and uh, Walter and said Gunter. I'm like, I'm like no way, Walter's the guy they changed. Like, oh, like, <laughs> and so the fact that I think, I mean, what did it? Uh, NXT airs like you know you know six o'clock at night or whatever, and then by the morning they had already dropped his, his last name because people were so fired up about it. Crazy. I don't think they supposedly they, like, how do how do you not do research on that? Crazy. I, mean, I don't know how that just you know just goes unnoticed. Like come on, you guys, it has to be in there. I was disappointed with the name change, but honestly, is this the I, and I slept on it. I was kind of burnt at first. I think I was just joining the internet, the internet wrestling community of just the outrage, right? But this isn't the first time they changed it. You know, Finn Balor. Finn ca- caught a lot of bad stuff. I know uh, Tyler Black, you know, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, now Seth Rollins. Uh, I didn't like Dean Ambrose at first. Dude. I thought John Moxley was the man at, at, at a couple of years ago before he joined WWE yeah. or a couple, like 10 years ago. But I was familiar with his name, too, and. This, this is the first time they changed it. Shorty G, Chad Gable actually turned out all right, right? Yeah. So, um, well, Roman Reigns was probably the best change for the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, the old uh, Lika Lee or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
but it, it's you know a lot of it's going to have to do with how they're going to present Walter or Gunter going forward. Um, exactly. You know, is he still going to be that kind of uh, that kind of just bully in the ring? You know, and that's kind of what it, you know who his character was. If they can still kind of maintain that, then you know, by all means, more power as long as just you know just don't neuter the character any more than he already has. Yeah. I think the presentation of his character has to stay on par. Uh, Walter was kind of like that mythical, you know, superstar from the UK that a lot of people just were clamoring for. Sure. And now that we got him, we got the name change. So let's see. A lot of it, a lot of it too, just might be typical WWE internet backlash from like, bring with, you know, what they do with the NXT guys when they bring them up. Definitely. You know, a lot of, a lot of people are upset with the way that they handled a lot of uh major names in NXT that came through the program and just ended up kind of either fizzling and then kind of getting future endeavored. Um, whereas, you know, Walter, I think if you look at the product you know, of who's left from that era, you know, Walter's one of the last kind of uh, guys that were, you know, a, a big commodity during that time that was like the old black and gold brand. So, you know, if, if Walter kind of goes out, out the door, then, you know, what's, what's left. I think with Walter too, there's still, there's still that, um, how do I say that? There's still a, not a presence, still an aura to him. We mm-hmm. still want to see what he's capable of. We haven't seen the best of Walter yet. We just, um, I think there's so much untapped potential with him. And do they continue that? Or are they going to water him down and create this character that that wasn't well, Walter? You know what I mean? I think Walter's one of the few guys that you that gets a main roster call-up and you automatically kind of buy into whoever he gets. They put, I mean, you Walter's a guy you could put in the ring with Brock Lesnar today and you'd still kind of like, oh yeah, I want to see that. Like, you know, yeah. because it's, there's a credibility to him. Um, you know, for, for whatever, I mean, you, you go through some of those other guys, uh, your, your Pete Dunes, your Johnny Gargano's, uh, really talented wrestlers, but they just, they weren't, they weren't a guy that you could bring up to the main roster and automatically think there's a guy that's going to, you know, go one-on-one with, uh, with, Brock, Bobby, Roman Reigns, and make you believe that, you know, they have a chance. That's what, I just don't want him to, I honestly say what you just said, but I just don't want him to be like Keith Lee. Let's put the Bearcat, let's put the Bearcat name on him, and let's just water him down, just forget that everything we established with him and built him up to be an NXT. That's, that's always going to be everyone's kind of go-to with uh, Keith Lee is, you know, what, so, yeah, I mean, that, in the last two years is probably going to be their biggest kind of uh, what-if Exactly. But then I do realize, too, what they're looking for, right? They're looking for someone who's charismatic, who can sell some merchandise, who can relate to an age demographic that is not ours. Like, is that what they're trying to do with Gunther now? Is that what's going to happen? They're going to kind of water him down so he can relate to the the kids or he can relate to um, this merch. Like, how are they going to make him a comedy act? I'm really hoping they (laughs) keep him on that same pedestal as Braun Breaker, the serious guy, keeps it just makes it seem, you know, how we just get lost in that reality of wrestling, that fancy world of wrestling. <laughs> With the anticipation, I was, how long have we just, I think this is before the pandemic, we've been discussing Walter, we've been fighting for him to come. I know he refused for a long time, but he's finally here, and then we get the name change. It's kind of, it's like, oh, here we go again with, here we go again with Vince. It's very, it's a very, uh, what's, it's a very shaky road as you, as you were kind of saying this it makes me a name came in my mind i'm like this is exactly what you know this is where walter has to be careful and you know protect his gimmick protect his character or whatever otherwise he's going to be the next follow me on this tell me what you think if i about this comparison if walter's not careful he's going to become the next vladimir kozlov yeah, yes bro 100 percent. yeah and it would happen straight down fast mm-hmm I lost all credibility. No one believed it after that. No one got behind yeah. They watered mm-hmm. it down. It's <laughs> well, uh, the outrage on the, the internet wrestling community was tremendous. He was trending. Like, I didn't, at first, like, who's Gunther? And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is what's going on. And then I talked to you about it. That's what you said, the Nazi general. And they did their research on the internet community. Oh, man. The backlash was ridiculous. It was crazy. Wrestling fans remain undefeated, brother. Yeah, they, they, they got it overturned too. I think they they dropped that trademark for Gunther Stark. I think they're going to stick with Gunther now. So it does work. We'll see how it works. Yeah. Um, one last story before we go into AEW storylines. 
Royal Rumble favorites. We don't know if we're going to do another pod before then. So let's just kind of go real fast. Let's name your top three, and I'll name my top three. Let's see what happens in a couple of days. Uh, okay, of the guys that are in the row. So obviously, you know, let's look at it from the perspective of, okay, who's who's out, who, who obviously can't win would be Brock, Roman, Brock and Roman because they're champions of wrestling later that night defending their titles. Uh, and then obviously their opponents of Bobby and uh, Seth. Uh, so those are four guys that, you know, any other year would be number one uh, uh, guys that could, you know, that could be it. Um, so now we're looking at who's, who are the uh, the, the top dogs in the business that are, that are not going to be in there tonight. So obviously, you know, uh, I think Drew's still going to be out for a while with his injury. Um, I believe there's a, you know, there's always a chance John Cena could be there, but there's, you know, we never know. Real fast, Quito. Let me just name the 50 entrants that are announced so far. I'm sure there'll be more. Let me sure. Go real fast. Johnny Knoxville, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, Austin Theory, both Mysterios, Rain Dominic, Sheamus, AJ Styles, our boy Damian Priest, Big E, Baron Corbin, Mad Cat Moss, Sami Zayn, Kofi Kingston, and Kevin Owens, who are the 15 out of 30 announced so far. So of the names that we have there, I would say the the my my three picks would probably be who I assume would be, you know, the the okay, we are back. We're doing the job. So we were talking about our Royal Rumble predictions and our favorites. So we go with our top three credit. Where are your top three so far off the 30 we listed so far? Or the 15 we listed so far. So I'm going to go with uh, Biggie, obviously a former champ. I think he's there's a story there to tell that he's going to try and win his title back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Orton's always going to be a name that's going to be in the in and around the main event picture, no matter what. Um, uh, you know, any one of those four guys walks away with the rumble with the title, and uh, you know, Randy can do into a storyline with them, no problem. Yeah. And uh, and AJ Styles is probably going to be my other go-to just because. I think he's ran his course with almost. I think uh, AJ is kind of a guy that's going to always be in that, like always be in that main event picture and, and sell a story. And uh, with the exception of his match with Taker at WrestleMania a few years back, he really hasn't had his WrestleMania moment yet. So yeah. I'd like to see what uh, what AJ can do, like while he's still able to kind of go. I'm gonna go with Kevin Owens. I think he need he's he has momentum going his way right now. Just. What we seen with Damian Priest this past week and with Smack on SmackDown with uh, what he had going on with uh, Seth Rollins, the little duel they have, I love that. Uh, Randy Orton's always a good pick too. I would love Randy Orton or AJ Styles. I think those guys are just const- uh, consistent on the roster. They're top level guys. They're superstars, right? They're made. Um, and my third is my sleeper pick, and I'm just because of his because of his. Um, his interactions with Vince the last couple of weeks. I'm going with Austin Theory. That's my sleeper. Pick. I think. <laughs> uh, see, I, I I agree with all those picks, man. I think if I think if nothing else, we get a really strong showing from Austin Theory at this Rumble. Mm-hmm. I look for him to come in early and stay, just probably like the last three guys, and show what he could do. But he's been doing, but man. Even with Finn Balor, I, I love the match. I know it was kind of it's been debated a lot regarding in the internet wrestling community, but I love what Austin Theory is doing, man. We talked about it last week. He's a star in the making. He has the charisma. He has the body of work. He has the image of a wrestler, and just having that little rub of Vince that convinces me. I think he's going to do. You know, especially right now, Vince isn't doing anything with anything he doesn't want to do. So just to have him in the mix with Austin Theory, I think that's going to be a good look. For him. Really looking forward to that, and yeah, we could just we can start doing this right now. I'm looking at the Vegas odds right now, and uh, it's Brock, Big E, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, number five, The Rock. <laughs> Imagine that, man. That would that would blow the building up any arena if The Rock comes back, dude. I'm a, uh, so I. I of those names that you read, I, I do kind of stick with that. If Drew comes back, I think it's Drew. Yes. Um, I think Drew comes back. I don't know, you know, um, I think Drew comes back. I think Roman goes over Seth and Drew gets his WrestleMania moment against Roman uh, next WrestleMania go around. 
Really beautiful. He and I think he suffered the most from the pandemic, dude. Just doing his his run with no uh, no fans, and that was rough. And he was having some great work, man. He was he was hitting on all cylinders. Finally, he he really was that, and you know that case of just worse timing. Worse. Uh, second only to Finn Balor getting injured the night he went to the, the Universal yeah. Championship. Oh, that was amazing. That was amazing too. Dude. I'll never forget that. That was amazing. That was amazing. What's been going on with AEW is actually quite amazing too. This buildup with MJF and CM Punk. Um, I was actually going to tell you this, but I think AEW benefits so much from having four pay per views a year. It's given the opportunity to tell this story, and so and, you know they have this time. They have this time frame. They can tell a great story. And they're doing it again with CM Punk and MJF. And I know it's been two weeks since we talked about it, but the last two weeks have been really interesting on that road to MJF. It really has. I mean, now you're getting, because you got all the, uh, you know, now you got the Wardlow kind of MJF uh, sub story going on there. Um, and that's been really interesting to see. Man, he, <laughs> I know it's kind of a sad thing to say, but man, I really feel bad for Sean Spears, man squashed <laughs> just there's a guy i mean we were talking about that there's a guy who left at wwe because he didn't want to be that guy kind of just the afterthought and i mean after this week's match against cm punk i think he got pinned in what was it five seconds four seconds <laughs> i think everybody it's like in boxing too no one wants to be the stepping stone to that next level right that stepping stone guy and that's kind of what with sean porter i know sean porter just retired sean porter he said, I don't want to be a stepping stone to that next tier boxer. And mm -hmm. I would imagine Sean Spears felt like that too, but the way it looks. But I think, man, maybe he's being a good team player. It goes with the story. That's how bad CM Punk wants this guy. And Here's I'm going for it. Okay, we're back now. No more, no more commercial breaks here. Okay, so we're talking about the road to MJF right now. And we're talking about how AEW is really benefiting from having four and having that time to tell a story on this magnitude. Um, what's your thoughts right now? We're talking about Sean Spears. Doesn't want to be that next level guy. And it looks like that's what he's becoming for sure. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, Sean Spears, uh, that guy who definitely, uh, kind of like what we talked about earlier with Mustafa Ali kind of situation. Um, he He's a guy who kind of wanted a little bit more control in his, in his character. Didn't want to just be, you know, the 10 guy and you know, I, still, I, think he wanted, <laughs> I think he wanted to be a little bit more than that. And he's uh, he was able to do that in AEW. Um, it's a shame that he kind of had to just kind of take one for the team this week and kind of drop that match so quickly. Yeah. And the world low match with CM Punk. I love the storytelling again. He beat the dog crap out of him. And we believe, I, I thought like, man, they're going to have world go over CM Punk. And that's going to be the, that's going to be the road barrier. And just just the old to that Diesel and Bret Hart match with the with the um with the roll up, amazing dude. I love seeing them. Every everything in wrestling is duplication, right? And paying homage, ultimate way to pay homage to the best that was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. I thought that was it was it was real cool to see that. I think uh, the re I think the reason why that match is so underappreciated is because the number of recent roll-up victories that have happened in, in the other product have really soured internet fans and wrestling fans about, you know, the quick roll-up victory. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it's kind of like, you know, it used to be kind of a quick sneak kind of thing. And then it happens. Oh my God. It probably happened for a month and a half straight. There was a match. that always had it. And mm -hmm. it waters it down for sure, dude. I think that's, I think that's it, they're, what they're telling though. I know it, it's at the expense of some guys like, the chairman, but I think this is a great story, man. Just how MJF just keeps getting away by the skin of his teeth, bro. I think it's amazing. I can't wait. I think Revolution is it the next one. Revolution. Um, what's the next pay per view they have with AEW? Uh, they did. I think it is Revolution. I'm almost yeah, certain. Right. Yeah. And that's gonna be a man. This is him in the ring, dude. This is how you build a story up, and you build MJ up as a character. Um, and so CM, CM Punk is one of the he's going against one of the pillars of the company. I think this is great. Uh, who goes over? I think it's too soon to tell, but I love what they're doing right now. Definitely, I think uh, definitely the winner of this victory of this feud is definitely going to be in the in the world title picture, probably in 
the next rotation through. Um, I think, uh, you know, as much as, as I like to see the guy back and I got think that's Archer's kind of a placement, a placeholder right now. in that main event picture for, for, uh, you know, whoever comes out of this feud. Definitely. I love how the, you know, the, the, the promos have really take, taken this, this feud to the next level. PG punk is awesome. I think that's, that's a great name, dude. Wisconsin Miz, yeah. <laughs> just them, you know, him on commentary during the uh, the chairman's bout with CM Punk. That was great. Sean Spears, sorry, Sean Spears. Just having him on commentary and just ten, what four or five seconds, man. You can't ask for anything better than that. I love, I love the story, and I hope it really uh, proceeds to be something memorable for sure. And I think Punk's the type of guy too that I think. He gets, I think Wardlow gets that shot back at, at CM Punk down the road. Yeah, definitely. Did you hear about the rumors about how WWE's really looking forward to see what Wardlow could do when he's a free agent? Well, I think, yeah, I think that was uh, right around the time we did, the, we shot the last podcast. Wardlow was doing a, was in contract negotiations and was fielding offers from WWE uh, only to, I think he just, he decided he wants to be a, an AEW kind of career guy. So, you know, okay, I, I respect the loyalty. Respect the loyalty. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right now, we, we were just talking about Lance Archer. He looks like he's next in line for a hangman page. Um, I know what you, you say. It's kind of like a placement rivalry right now, but dude, it's just so hard for me to buy into that because he's been gone for so long and he's had a lot of, he's been, he's been on the losing end quite a few times. Um, the credibility is not shot with me yet, but it's just still kind of hard for me to believe that he deserves that spot right now. No, I think Lance is a credible monster of a heel that he can that he can kind of jump into that picture and, and let. I mean, Lance is. I mean, take away uh, Paul White, and uh, you know, I think Lance is the biggest guy on that on that roster mm-hmm. physically. Yeah, he's like um, six ten, dude. He's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, automatically, it's you know. He may not necessarily be the guy that's, you know, running main event pictures or things like that, but week in and week out, but he's a guy that you can't ignore and you can't, he's going to be a problem for anybody on the roster. Definitely. Uh, just If you look at him in the ring with, with pretty much anybody on the roster, you're going to think like that guy always has a chance of winning. So. Mm-hmm. He, he does some great stuff in the ring though. I really, I buy it hundred percent. He's always doing great stuff in the ring. I was a fan when he was in TNA. Uh, just to see him get a shot now. Uh, I know he's a little bit up there in age also. But I really want to see where this may be able to go. I want to see. I think Hangman Page really elevated himself in this Daniel Bryan feud. I think we're taking him now. He is our champion. So I'm, let's see how it goes. Definitely. I think one of the things uh, what, with regards to what you're talking about, Lance Archer's development since TNA and stuff like that, I think the idea, I mean, you always hear these uh, wrestlers when they always talk about when the, when I was coming up, this veteran would have me in the corner and he always told me, hey, kid, slow down. Mm-hmm. I think. Archer's one of those guys who kind of over the years realized like, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I got to slow down and really sell my, my, my stuff mm-hmm. as a, as a big presence level rather than just, you know, uh, you know trying to sh- get my stuff in like yeah. some of these guys do. And then now he's kind of really kind of showcasing himself more as, as, uh, as, you know, the monster of what he can do in AEW. Definitely. And I'm glad they gave him that shot too. And I think he benefits from having Jake in his corner whenever he does come back. I think Jake is a great mouthpiece for almost any superstar there, and I, I really look forward to that. Um, I don't know, have they set up their match yet? I kind of I haven't been really on point with Rampage and whatnot. Did they do anything on Rampage that set it up? No, I don't think they've actually said anything. It's just I think uh, they had. It's kind of weird. They have a. Uh, I'm still not 100 sure what what the storyline is, other than Archer kind of wants to be back in that main event picture. Which, which I understand, which I understand you know, being gone for so long. Um, the stuff that confuses me is uh, the Dan Lambert stuff. That's confused. That confused the hell out of me too, dude. That <laughs> I don't know how, how Lance and uh, and Air American Topskin came together there, but you know, other than I guess what they're saying is Dan doesn't believe Adam Page is a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I'm like, and I love the pain, you know, speaks to the windows of the world and uh, Stan Hansen's. I get that, but I was like, you shouldn't do that to me. That's that was two years too late. <laughs> exactly. In my opinion, it's two years too late. Uh, what's what's that? Two years too late. Cody Rhodes is a free agent, and that's been the hot news so far with AEW. Uh, he is the current TNT champion, and man, 
the, the another internet wrestling community rumors that he's working without a contract, which is not uncommon, right? They, I'm sure they do this handshake deals all the time. And that that promo he he finally laid out on Wednesday, I think he's finally becoming that heel that we all want to boo for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cody does a really good job of playing of playing to the uh, the online speculation, the media, and things like that. I think I, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. Like, you know, he he really does keep trying to keep the uh, the internet wrestling fan kind of engaged in that sense um, by by doing that. I think that uh, that you know, with the Royal Rumble kind of going around the same time, and then you know, free the whole free agent thing or whatever, he's really trying to like you know. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, kind of thing. So, uh, and build interest in his character, which is solid uh, self-promotion on, on Cody's part. Yeah. Um, you know, the more the more he makes uh, assumptions and alludes to like you know the things that Triple H did with you know bringing up a sledgehammer every now and again. I think he did the golden shovel at the last uh, pay-per-view that he did, and uh, and so I think the more he tries to kind of hint at like that character and then put that in friends' minds. And then like, all of a sudden, like now I'm going to start doing, you know, all the things that I accuse Triple H of doing. I'm booking myself in, in these title matches and giving myself more TV time and burying this person. Yeah. Just, I, I think Cody's smart enough to play that role and then use it to his advantage to probably, I mean, I hope to build another person off of it. Definitely, bro. I love how he was saying that I was CM. I, I'm CM Punk 2.0. I I helped with this. I, I started this revolution <laughs> with you guys. You guys loved me before. Now you guys hate me because I did what you guys wanted me to do. I think that's spot on, bro. I'm like, yes, that's the way you build up your hero character. And now you're going Hollywood. I already got what I want from you guys. Why not just take what I want now? You know what I mean? Very very reminiscent of uh of the what the uh, Rock did. Exactly. And I think the Hollywood Cody storyline will fit him perfectly, bro. I think that'll be all. And then now they set up the ladder match between him and Sammy. And I, I'm I'm thinking, who did he go? Who does Sammy fight this weekend? Um, he wasn't there. He was uh he, he's he's in a better place, man. He's on vacation with his girlfriend. Oh, shout out to Conti. Love her in NXT too. Mostly for wrestler of the year. I like it. Um, who do you have before that then? Um, it wasn't the Dustin match. It was another match. I think he was, uh, was it Ethan Page? Yes. Oh, that was actually John Moxley, I think. No, no, no. John, so Ethan Page wrestled John Moxley this week, but I think Ethan the last week that, uh, Jeff Sammy had was against Ethan Page. Hey, man, Sammy Guevara is going to be one, is one of the biggest stars in AEW. 100%. Seen him work this week. I, man, he's such a dude. What stuff he's doing right now, and I know we're all about flips and turns, but the, the psychology he's using, I think it's next level, dude. I think he's really could be that pillar that lasts. It's going to be one of the ongoing talents for years to come. I'm, I'm love. I'm, I'm I'm sold on him. I love it. He is that guy for me. You know, everybody wants to pl- wants to kind of say who the next this is and next that. And there's a bunch of people who clamor to be the next Eric Guerrero. But for me, that's Sammy Guevara. Definitely, bro. Jim Ross was spot on with that. I think a lot of people really crapped on him when they compared. Like, what do you? How dare you? They're starting right. to see it now. Just the work, it's the work rate, it's the charisma. Mm-hmm. And he's and just what he's doing with his arsenal, man. He'll do the little, you know, he'll put his head under his hand. And I love that. He plays to the crowd perfectly and they love him right now. And uh again, he'll be a great heel eventually. But right now, let's enjoy the face run. And he got the girlfriend now. People are talking about him. Man, his personal life was on the last the last couple of weeks, too. Good God. Um they're ruthless on the internet, dude. I mean, again, everybody wants wants to feel like they're a part of it, you know, more than they need to. But uh, obviously, those are two adults that are doing their thing, and you know, we should all be as lucky as Sam Guevara pull up at Attack Conte, right? Yeah, man, <laughs> I'm living vicariously through him. Go, out, go, Sammy, my guy. Go, Sammy. I'm all for it, dude. The young up and comer man. I think uh, again, that his math with Ethan, bro. I just was like, wow. I was. It, it, it takes a lot for me to be like, oh man, that that's nice. And this every time I see him, dude, this amazing. I can't wait to see what him and uh, Cody doing that in that ladder match. That's going to be highly anticipated. One of the things that really impressed me with Sammy Guevara is, 
you know, when he does his high high risk spots, when he does his uh, you know, his his you know flips and things like that, it's not like how you would see oh, like a Penta do it or something like that. It really looks uh, more more grounded and safe, and you know, looking out for the other guy. Not to say that Penta's not safe or anything like that, but I just think that like I, I think Sammy's very careful about making sure his opponent is underneath them and making sure that you know they're both aware of what's happening and uh, i really kind of respect him for having that kind of go-to with his with whoever he's in the ring with and i think with the inner circle he kind of broke away and i say he's not going to beat him anymore but he's really separating himself from the pack with those five guys from the hagers of the world and um lax of the world like he's really established himself as his own man within that group and i love seeing it yeah, and you know what's funny is with the inner circle now, it looks like we're kind of getting a uh, uh, the tease of the the breakup of the inner circle. I know we were talking about the tease of uh, the breakup between Wardlow and MJF, but you know you have a uh, Eddie Kingston and uh, Santana and Ortiz and and Jericho, and they're all kind of in like you know picking sides and that kind of thing. It's a very interesting element. It gives a a good story to this kind of Jericho Kingston feud or or upcoming feud that they have on on the horizon that looks just. It's going to be a lot of great, you know, moments in, in the screen grabs, I'm sure, for, for those two. And I think with AEW, we got to give him credit, dude. As much as um, we, we kind of knocked WWE for not being able to do that, I think with AEW, they really established a credible storyline with so many of their stars. Um, oh. Even with Jay Lethal coming into the A last week, we have Jay Lethal back in the mix. Now with the Inner Circle and Penta, and man, we, we can just keep going and going. Everybody in AEW has a storyline. Where they where the end game is, I know we get always get, it doesn't really match and it's not a continuity, but or con- a continuity, but I really love that everybody has a storyline that's kind of, it's meaningful right now. Definitely. I mean, I, I love how uh, they're so layered too. I mean, you have a uh... For example, you had Britt Baker and uh, and Adam Cole doing that intergender match against uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander, and you know they they went out there and had a heck of a match, and then Chris Statlander transitioned immediately into a, a feud now with uh, legit Layla Hirsch. Yes, and let me give we forgot Martinez and um, what's her name from NWA? Uh, I forgot. I should, I, oh wow. Like, yeah, dude, those, the, and then we have the acclaimed, which, I'm, believe it or not, dude, I think maybe in the few episodes we'll give our team of the week or rest of the week. That's something we should probably do. That'll be tight. The acclaimed has my tag team of the week. I love what they're doing, with what they did with Sting and Darby, man. I think, you know, from the from the entrance to their moveset, I really, I'm becoming a fan of the acclaimed, surely but surely. You know, it, it's one of those things that, as I realize the acclaim is coming out now, I find myself kind of like, "Oh, hang on, I want to make, I want to make sure what I catch what everything Max Maxcaster's uh, saying." You know, listen, listen. <laughs> when I hear that, I'm like, oh, "Okay, well, you know," because I know that second line is always money, whatever it is. <laughs> and he was talking about Sting, where you know, he, he, he the nice name of Starcade, like that was freaking funny, bro. I'm not even mad at that, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's kind of what Cena used to do when he started getting over big with the when he was the doctor of thugonomics, man. I mean, uh, you know, give it up to Matt Cass, Max Caster for kind of doing that. I love it, man. I think again, I think they got my tag team of the week so far. I love, love the Darby and Darby and Sting match, and just the story they told. I love the you know putting the chair and slamming it against the corner and making Steam Steam uh, Steam work from behind, and Sting too, dude. Shout out to him, 65, 64 years old. Doing the things he's doing, jumping off the uh, the entrances, uh, going into tables, still putting the work, man. And he's writing his own story. And I think legends like that should be able to tell, you know, create the end of their career. And I love what Sting's doing. You know, it's funny. I, I remember again, Sting, again, Sting's one of those guys that got me into the business, man. Uh, you know, being you know a little eight year old kid watching, you know, blonde Hollywood surfer Sting with the bright neon and all that. Um, but it's hilarious that like you could look at Sting, who we were talking about Sting 15 years ago, like being amazed at the things that he can still do at the age that he is mm-hmm. and the work rate that he was. And here he is, you know, you know, 15, 10, 15 years later, still putting in matches, still putting in the work. I'm main event. Good God. Yeah. Good God, dude. It's amazing. I love to see it, man. It, I remember not to go off course, but I remember that Seth Rollins match when 
he took that buckle bomb. And if you knew, you know, if you love wrestling, you know when things go wrong. And I knew it was going wrong at that point, you know, and just to see where he's at now. And I know they're taking they're taking real good care of him, but shout out to Sting, man. Shout out to Darby Allen, shout out to the claimant. They put a hell of a main event this week, man. I loved it. Uh, I'll tell you what, that Darby Allen just kind of suicide dive into a person just randomly out of the back is one of my great and one of my favorite, just like all of a sudden moves like in like <laughs> you know, you just you don't see it coming. Oh, like all of a sudden there's Darby shooting across your screen head first into some guy. That's what I was like, what whoa. Yes, last segment here. I know we're talking about the acclaim being my tag team of the week and shout out to Darby and the Stinger. And I think our comeback story of the week, if there is one. John Moxley returned this week, man, and gave a hell of a promo and had a great match with Ethan Page, I thought. And it's it's real nice to see Moxley in shape. He looks great, and he's back. So, And I think he's, he's always a key piece to AEW, so to have him back, awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you're always – as a fan, you got to kind of be a fan all the way through and it'd be hypocritical of you to, like, not look at a, fan, a guy in the ring who – who gives us all and not kind of look out for their well-being and hope for the best for him. And that's really what uh, I felt with uh, John Moxley when he came back to the ring. I mean, I'm glad he looked so much better. Uh, you know, he, he he looked like he was in better shape, uh, lost some weight, looked like he was, you know, moving around a little bit better in the ring and just looked like he was generally comfortable in the ring and he wasn't trying to, like, you know, force himself through things like he was kind of in that in those last couple of weeks before he went to rehab. Mm-hmm. I think the mental health and just again, this the health of our, of these wrestlers, uh, they're benefiting from this era too. Like I think in the eighties, nineties, this would have been the blind eye would have been turned and it's you figure it out, get get right, and now, yeah, exactly, toughen out, be a man. You know, you, you're gonna miss some dates, you're gonna miss a payday, and I think that he benefits so much from being in this generation where we take care of our athletes in all sports, and you know, their mental health and sobriety, and just asking for help is seen as not a weakness anymore it's seen as um you know you're taking the step and to to reach out and say hey i need help and i need to get this done and that, it's amazing to see it i hope he continues his sobriety 100 percent, without a doubt man and i hope uh you know these guys that are you know in the business where you know guys would pop pills until they feel that they can go and you know they'd be you know gone by the time they were you know you know, mid 40s and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, like, like I said, and, and we're now we're in the era of guys that are wrestling. Like, you know, we were just talking about Sting, who <laughs> guy like that who can you know pull out a, a, a believable main event. You know, it's in almost 60 years old. You know, so hopefully, uh, guys are starting to figure out you know how to take care of themselves a little bit better and treat themselves and you know take care of themselves a little bit better. Yeah, I love seeing him, man. I I wonder uh, we see what's next with him. I we seen. Daniel Bryan at the end of that and that Ethan Page match and I'm all for it I am all for it I think this is going to be I think something they've been trying to work on before he went to rehab so to see how this storyline plays out it just elevates AEW man just again the storylines that everybody has so impossible to get all this stuff in a three-hour show with those rampage um with dynamite it's amazing to see though man I'm really excited for that to see a to, well, just a picture of John Moxley and 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 Brian Danielson kind of wrestling their own match without the the worry of you know having to go through you know <laughs> management. The, the, yeah, the, you know the man. They don't got to go through the man right now. Yeah, exactly. They can just put out the match that they want to put out. That you know they've been probably in the back of their minds since then. They were you know coming up in Indies like if I ever went up against this guy, what would be the things I can do? And now now they have the platform. Now they have you know the the they're off the they're off the chain now they can do whatever they want with it and you know we as fans benefit from we get to see what what it is they get, they get to do with it and i think daniel bryan's on track to be possibly rest of the year 2022 i know only one month in but if you see the work he's been doing so far daniel bryan's going to be a fast track definitely going to be mentioned in pwi you gotta give him top five i think okay. if he continues the route he's going right now definitely a top five year it's definitely going to be uh whew. Man, early candidates for that right now. It, it there's no one even. I mean, even close to what what Daniel what Daniel Bryan's done. That I mean, he has. I'm trying to think who would be even close. The only I mean, I could see. 
if Adam Cole starts kind of getting into that main event picture and starts getting going on runs, I could see him doing some solid things and probably possibly being being a contender down the line. Uh, another guy that we just talked about, Sammy Guevara, just um, you know, once he gets back from vacation and kind of starts putting in the quality of matches that he's been putting on. Uh, and just, you know, if he gets elevated to that next level, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Um, you know, and then, you know, we'll see what the other product ends up being and, and doing, but, you know, all the respect to the guys there, I haven't seen anything this year that has been as, uh, as, as impressive in the ring as what, you know, Daniel and Adam Page did, you know, a, little, a couple weeks ago. I remember Ali and Ricochet had a belt last year on SmackDown. That was one of the things I, hey, you got to turn this on. That was the last time I remember, hey, I need to go watch the WWE, watch the, a good match. Not a good spectacle, I'm talking about a good match. And AEW just keep providing it for me, man. Like, right now, they got my eye 100%. I can't really skip through a lot of segments with them. Uh, you know, it's not that WWE doesn't have the guys for it either, man. I think, you know, like you said, uh, Ricochet can always put on that match. AJ's a guy who can put on that match. If You know, we we talked about the, the hit he took, but... I mean, if Finn Balor ever gets kind of back into that in the good graces of uh, of management and see what he can really do, I mean, there's a guy who, you know, he still has a lot of good, credible years in him, and he could, again, he could be a great dance partner for a lot of guys in that in that business. Definitely, man. Mo Quiddo, we got Royal Rumble Week, bro. I'm hopefully to stop by on Sunday to go watch it with you. I know we got the pool. We'll talk about the pool next week and the results of that. We'll see who wins this, right? Sure. Uh, Dude, so many things we got going on. I, I was, um, we could just talk about it now. I'm hoping maybe a later time, a uh, couple weeks, maybe a month or so, we can have like a watch along of an hour episode or something. I think that would be cool for an episode. We, man, there's so many things we could do with a wrestling podcast, dude. And I'm really excited that we're, we're staying on top of this, man. If people do, there is some work to do. Yeah, we got to watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> A lot of wrestling, but hey, I'm not complaining because I remember three years ago we didn't have the opportunity. There was only one thing on TV, and if you had WWE Network, two things we could watch some old, you know, black and gold NXT on WWE Network. So I'm not complaining, man. It's awesome, man. I, I enjoy doing it with you, man. This has been a great episode. For sure, brother. I hope we get the same kind of feedback from the first episode that we do that we get on this one. Yeah, dude. If we can stop having freaking interruptions on my end, damn the <laughs> internet connection. But Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, Arnold Cueto, episode 111, the STS Podcast, doing the job, second edition, and we out.